Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good morning, everyone, and broadcasting from lockdown is the gold standard. No, that's Steve's the gold standard. I can be the gold standard. America's gold standard in ghost hunting. New England's own Van Helsing. Ron yes. <laughs> yes. And with me, the professor, the smartest guy I know, Lou Blasi. Oh, that's a sad commentary right there. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I like this. I get a little vibration when I move. I get like this little stutter in me. See? It's kind of yep. cool. Yep. So it's probably because it's a crappy computer. Yeah. You so know, I, anyways, I, which we're not using, right? Yes. Is, is the new computer hardwi hardwired? Is the new computer hardwired? I hardwire all my computers. This one, the computer we're working on is hardwired? Oh, yeah. Okay. Glad it's Windows 7. What do you want? <laughs> it's true. It's like 100 years old, and plus it's full of crap. Uh, but anyways, I asked uh, the great Magic 8-Ball whether we would have a good show, and he says, you can bet on it. So All right. Excellent. I'm psyched. Excellent. I'm psyched. Yep. So there's a couple of things I, I did want to bring up since my other computer dies. I've got like six computers in here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, I've been meaning to tell you this one for years. <laughs> really, it's been about two years since I've been wanting to bring this up. Right, Do you remember in the Suez Canal when the uh, the ship uh, got stuck, and they blocked up the canal for three days. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I do. Did you, ever, did you ever hear about the Yellow Fleet? The Yellow Fleet? No. During the uh, first uh, Israeli-Arab War, right uh, when um, they attacked Israel, uh, the Egyptians mined both ends of the Suez Canal, and they dumped in a lot of sunken shit and debris and broken bridges and everything else. Yep. And 14 ships got trapped inside the canal. Wow. So they were in there. Now, they couldn't get out. Nobody could come in to get them out. So uh, after the war was over, uh, you know, it wasn't very, still wasn't good tensions between the Arabs and Egyptians. I mean, the Israeli, Israeli and Egyptians. Right. So uh, it wasn't until after the Second, this the uh, sixty. Uh, what was that? The sixty-seven war, the Yom Kippur war. I get them mixed up. And it, one was the three-day war. The other one was the Yom Kippur war. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, that uh, they were able to finally. Oh well, not really finally. But anyways, they got stuck there. Okay. You, do you know how long they were stuck there? No. Now I said that they blocked the canal for three three days, and you know everybody wouldn't panic. Yeah. They were stuck there for eight years. Eight years. Eight years. There was German ships. There was an American ship. There was an Australian ship. They all came to, to together in the uh, big sea. I forget what it's called. And in the middle of oh, I got it right here. Why am I even freaking looking at it? There's a in the middle of it is uh, I forget what it's called. The Dead Sea or something or other. Uh, Jan Kippur. Yeah, right. That was the one. Oh, so the canal wasn't blocked for eight years. Those those ships were just... Oh, yes, it was. It was blocked oh. for eight years. Holy cow. And uh, 
So they were stuck there, right? So what they did is they went in the middle of the, the canal. There's like a, a, a sea there. And they all tied themselves together. And they created a council. And they shared their food. Like the Australians had tons of lamb. Uh, oh, my God. Really? Other Germans had like uh, fruit, canned fruit. Well, those had frozen uh, 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 prong. And uh, they had clothes. They had other goods. And they would share them. And they actually uh, created an Olympics because this was the time of the Mexican Olympics. And they all got together and they did. Uh, there was one ship that had a swimming pool. So they did swimming. They had weightlifting. They had soccer. The British ship had soccer. And so they, they had this big Olympics thing. They actually wow. created their own stamps and sent mail with their own stamps on it. Oh my God. So finally, after the last war, the uh, um, Israelis uh, gave permission and, and the, the uh, you know, they signed the truce there and they, they declared out the uh, canal. And uh, so here it is. What is a great uh, let me see crafty. They took out 686,000 mines and 13,500 other pieces of unexploded ordnance, plus all the other crap. In early 1975, the Yellow Fleet was uh, free to go. In a nod, only the Germans were able to move because they kept their ships in pristine equipment. Yeah, exactly. This is 75. Cool? I yeah, I don't remember this story, but. How how how, I how, didn't them. how could they go without the Suez Canal for eight years? That seems like a long time. For Six, that. So sixty-seven to eighty-five, I believe it was. Wow. They have some of these. They had, uh, yeah, May uh, sixty-seven. It ended in uh, in uh, seventy-five that they were able to leave. Even though they had all this stuff, they had to like some of the frozen stuff. They had to dump overboard because. Uh, uh, you know, they had to conserve their their power. Yeah, it, it costs a lot of power to run the uh, refrigeration units. But they shared the food behind them, the clothes, and they, they you know, they did play games together. They they did all kinds of stuff. They had their own little community. Did they have to ration food? I mean, did, they didn't bring food. They didn't let food into these people. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's a, it's pretty interesting. Eventually, uh, after the First World War. They were able to rotate some people out to the ships, yep. so there was some some relief in that way. Uh, but yeah, it's like uh, fourteen ships. Didn't how much would you have? How much would you have had to have been paid to be to be rotated into a ship trapped in the Suez Canal for the past four years? The Great Bitter Lake—that's the middle of the canal. called. Yeah, the Great, Great Bitter Lake. Lake is, yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they host the British hosted soccer and uh, weightlifting, water polo, and sailing, of course, <laughs> uh, using some of the fleet's lifeboats, high was jumping, a, table tennis. Was this a British? Was, these, none of these what, were the, military ships. These are all commercial ships, right? Yeah, they're all just uh, tankers, you know, and not tankers, um, freight ships. Freight ships, yeah. And so they had their own little uh, little thing. Who they won? Was there, a, was there a government? Was there a king? I don't think so. <laughs> Probably a council. They had a council. I know that. But, uh, you know, there was British. I mean, all different nations, too, which is kind of cool about. Because in, in all fairness, wars are fought by governments, not by people. Right. 
you know, they're the one that creates the wars. Uh, people just do what they have to do, you know. So I've been meaning to tell you that, like I said, for two years. And uh, uh, that is a great story. I love that story. That's it. I love it. Yeah. Not for those you people. You more about it, of course. Oh, it's called yeah. the Yellow Fleet, too, because they have the sand out there. It whips all over the place. And so it, it actually adhered to the ships. You know how you like you see the ships in the Arctic where you see them covered with ice and stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, they got covered with sand. So that was their yellow. Or it was called the. So there's two Swedish ships. Yeah, a hey, French no, ship. French ship, two Swedish ships. Uh, Four states from four ships from the United Kingdom. This is what the massages were. <laughs> That's yeah. There you go. One from the U.S. <laughs> the, the African Glen, the SS African Glen, yeah. was from the U.S. Poland, two ships from Poland, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, or another one from the U.S. The SS Observer. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And that was bringing wheat from Galveston to Bombay. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing the wheat didn't get delivered. The S, the MS Munsterland from West Germany was bringing eggs and fruit. Yeah, oh, so they, they didn't have to. Things. They probably didn't have to do laundry because the MS Northwind was carrying T-shirts. Yeah, they, one, one of them carried clothes. Yep, go ahead. Uh, the SS. There was one. The, go ahead. The SS Kalara from Sweden, wool hides fruit lead and pigs from australia that's about it and then uh the ms apignor from the united kingdom was carrying plastic toys for woolworths to give you an idea <laughs> how long ago that was yeah wow yeah this one was carrying uh prong from uh, vietnam and there was okay. another one i think it's the australian ship was carrying lamb uh, yes, and then there's a Czechoslovakian ship that was carrying raw cow hides from Ethiopia. Yeah, is that cool? From Ethiopia, there Ethiopia exports cow hides. That what goes on? What else they got? <laughs> a lot of people have cow hides. Yeah, but what does Ethiopia have? <laughs> so it's probably cheaper. That's all they got. <laughs> wow. Anyway. In early 75, the Suez Canal was once again open for international transport. On May 24, 75, the German ships Munsterland and Norwin finally reached the Hamburg port, cheered by more than 30,000 spectators. They were, reportedly, they were reportedly the only ships to have returned to their home port under their own power for um, Munsterland. This was the end of the voyage to Australia, which lasted eight years, three months, and five days. <laughs> In the 2010s, there was renewed interest in this incident. Two books have been published that chronicle the eight-year sojourn of the ships in the Great Bitter Lake, and uh, both German books, and uh, Stranded in the Six-Day War in English by Kathy Senker in 2017. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Figures the German engineer are the smart enough to keep their freaking ships going. <laughs> He's probably thinking any day now. <laughs> no, nah, German's like, yeah, we'll do it. It, it shows you what. Go ahead. No, I just can't believe that the. the I, I I would have thought the Suez Canal would have been more vital to the world's economy than to be able to shut it down for eight years. Although, I mean, you got to go around to get into the Mediterranean. You've got to go around Africa, around, right? Yeah, around the Cape. 
of good, yeah. uh, the Cape of Good Hope, right? Or the hell of a voyage. The haunt. The hell of a detour, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. But it goes to show you, you know, that like just ordinary people from different, totally different countries, right? I mean, you, you saw like the upload on that from, you know, communist countries to American countries to, to poor countries, to, yep. and yet they all banded together and, and did what they had to do. So that shows you the endurance of the human spirit. I wonder if anyone lasted, anyone was there the whole eight years. They probably rotated, companies probably rotated people and out. They I don't were know able they to rotate. A, t- yeah. a total of 3,000 people rotated in and out. But wow. it doesn't show you how many men's on a crew, how many sh- people are on a crew, so 14 ships. I don't know. But that was over eight years. So we don't yeah. know how long the first group was stuck there, you know. In time, it says, this is Wikipedia, in times it says it was possible to reduce the number of crew mem- members on board the ships. And in 1969, the ships were gathered in several groups to further reduce the number of crew necessary for their upkeep. The crew that were left to maintain the vessels were rotated every three months. In 1972, the last crew members of the German ships were finally sent home and the maintenance of the ships left to a Norwegian company. So it wasn't the Germans. See? Norwegians kept them running. A postal system evolved, handcrafted postage stamps, which became collector's items around the world. The Egyptian Postal yep. Authority recognized the stamps, allowing their use worldwide. In terms of the postal system, this resulted in the creation of group stamps. And then, you know, there's a whole a whole listing of the group stamps. Yep. Fascinating story. Just a great story. I don't remember yep. it at all, though. I mean, I was young, but I don't, I don't remember. either. And I, I was around at that time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, totally. You know, eight years. You think we would have remembered something about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was... I'm saying, I'm saying, well, you know, my my son told me about it. That's and he told me that a couple of years ago, and um, I've been meaning to bring it up all these years, and uh, finally got the opportunity. So. Well, they probably it happened in '69. Right. Probably didn't get a lot of play because they thought it was going to be a couple of days at best, and then after a while, just kind of. Well, the war would certainly over overshadow yeah. it, anyways. A lot of U.S. shipping. Like I know. I don't know. It's strange. Just never got any play. Shows you what the government's. That shows you what the press thinks. Yeah. Well, that's not good enough story. We forget it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's one thing you uh, never heard about, and uh, there are a lot of strange things that happen throughout history that we really have forgotten about or really don't know much about or really haven't remained unsolved. So I thought I would uh, take a look at some of those today. Excellent. And we'll start off with uh, one that's always intrigued me was the green children of wood pit, wool pit. Green children. Okay. Okay. Yep. So uh, let me get to you. Two children, two children, two children with green skin appeared in the village of Wilpit, England, at some point during the 12th century. They were brothers and sisters and spoke an unknown language. They also ate only broad beans, whatever that is. Eventually, they lost their green hue and started eating other foods. Their girl explained that they had come from St. Martin's Land which he claimed was a subterranean community full of green people. Uh, Now, it's a very old story. It could be a myth, but uh, there is, you know, there are records of it. So 
So what do you think? Uh, this is the what 12th century. I'm reading. <laughs> I, read I, know. I mean, I read Wikipedia. I read it wrong. It said it ha happened perhaps during the reign of Kings uh, of King Stephen. And I read it as Stephen King. I goes, what's Stephen King got to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> Probably made a story about it for sure. Yeah, I mean, some potentially something could happen. I mean, it could could be some kind of birth weirdness, huh? Who knows? Well, they appeared. With, plus, you got to remember they only ate broad beans and they uh, uh, spoke a language that no one knew, an unknown language. So yeah. that's the intriguing part about it. Their story about, of course, the uh, uh, what do you call it, the uh, the subterranean kingdom. I don't know about. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you feel about they brought a language that would that brings us back to reincarnation? I know how you feel about reincarnation. Where did they learn this other language? Reincarnation. I don't know. Do I? I mean, why is it have to be reincarnation? They were green, so they would be totally different. <laughs> well, I know, but see, even no matter how you're born, you have to learn your language, right? So they brought a language with them. From, yeah, but from, they supposedly brought it from the kingdom of St. Martin, which was all green people. So that was the language of the green people that lived in the same the subterranean community of St. Martin or whatever it was called. So were they, they weren't born in the village? They just showed up and they were green? No, they showed up. Yeah, they just oh, showed they, up. Yeah. Brother and sister. So they were related. <laughs> I don't know how they knew that, but I... That's the, the report, right? We didn't, they didn't have DNA back then. They both look green. <laughs> they both were green. Yeah. So no parents, no parents, just the kids showed up. Just the kids showed up. Hmm. So they probably got lost from St. Martin's and made their way to the village. Oh, yep. they got tired of St. Martin's and green people. You know how some people are adventurous. They yep. wandered out like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Anyways, I always found that one intriguing. And there's, there's another one that uh, is similar to that. And let me see if I can slide this up to it uh, somewhere, somewhere. There's so many of these interesting things. Uh, I, I was surprised how many were out there. There's one about the, oh, here it is. The uh, Voynich Manuscript. Have you heard about that? No, I have not. V-O-Y-N-I-C-H. This goes along with the green people, uh, the green kids. Linguists and historians have been unable to translate the manuscript. Uh, the, the meaning of the Voynich continues to lead scholars today. The handwritten manuscript was dated in the early 15th century. The text seems to be written from left to right. And there are many illusions and diagrams accompanying the uh, writing. Uh, the The problem is a lot of the, the they have like plants and animals that don't exist in in mm -hmm. our world. And so, uh, did you check that out? Or yeah, that? yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it again. Just just going to Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, illustrated Kodak's handwritten and an otherwise unknown writing system referred to as Voynichis. Uh, the, the vellum on which is written has been carbon dated in the early 15th century. 
and yep. stylistic analysis indicates it may have been composed in Italy during the Italian Renaissance. The origins, authorship, and purpose of the manuscript are debated. Various hypotheses have been suggested, including it is an otherwise unrecorded script or a natural language or constructed language, an unread code, cipher, other form of cryptography, or simply a meaningless hoax. That's a lot of work for a hoax, right? Manuscript yep. currently consists around 240 pages, but there's evidence that additional pages are missing. Some pages are foldable sheets of various sizes. Most of these pages have fantastical illusions or diagrams, some crudely colored uh, with sections in the manuscript showing people, fictitious plants, astrological symbols, etc. Text is written left to right. Manuscript is named after William Voynich, a Polish book dealer who purchased it in 1912. Any staples yeah. in the the bellies of the people on there. Oh no, stay. Why? It doesn't say anything about that. You've eluded it. You missed. You will. I missed it. Lou, Lou, look at me. Yes. Over your head. <laughs> Over your head. I'm sorry. I'm processing. Playboy. Playboy magazine. Oh, Playboy Staples magazine. Staples in their belly buttons. Oh yeah. my God! You're slow this morning. No, I'm just processing other things here. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Oh, I ever saw write, it. Did you ever write? I don't know. Did you ever write in code as a kid? Yes. Yeah. When my buddies and I used to exchange notes in the Phoenician alphabet when we were young. Did you really? I'd give you credit yeah. for that one. That's, that's deeper than I would. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was written in English, but it was written, you know, they somehow we got the translation of symbols to letters and you know, started writing notes in it. Nothing elaborate, nothing 240 pages, of course. But uh, I'm guessing they would, someone was trying to keep a secret, probably some kind of coded material, but you would think code breakers would be able to figure it out. And there are diagrams of, of creatures and, uh, and plants and stuff that don't exist. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah somebody yeah. could have a cruel joke. I mean, we, we, we know there's frauds. Look at the Hitler diaries. Remember them? Yes. Yeah. They paid what some huge amount of money for the Hitler's diver and they were frauds. Yep. So hmm. I mean it does happen. But can we say that this was a fraud? No. Some kind of uh, mental illness, perhaps someone sitting there writing out main, you know, just writing in a journal. That's, maybe that's it was a, uh, like a maybe, maybe a savant. Savant, sure. Yeah. Severe autism or something where someone was writing yeah. or just Someone who was delusional had some issues and just, you know, this ah, is the way it they could act. be a real thing from uh, maybe some, some UFO crashing on our planet. <laughs> Always back and, to the uh, UFOs, yeah. Hey, you, did you read my post? I mean, on Facebook? Do the um, pondering Stephen Hawkins thing? No, I, I put didn't. put my Stephen Hawking hat on and, and did some pondering. Do oh, aliens yes. get inducted? Yes. Yes. Do the UFOs see UFOs? Is there intelligent life on the earth? No. <laughs> All right. Yes, I did see that. Why do I, yeah, why not our next mystery? How about the SMU-28? Okay, what's that? So you would know it would be a U-boat. The U-boat, which was uh, used by the Germans in World War I, fired a torpedo at the British steamer SS Liberian on July 30th, 1915. The ship sank under the wave, but then the boiler exploded and the blue and the blue <laughs> debris <laughs> flew everywhere. 
but that's not all that was seen flying through the air. You're going to love this. Whoops, okay. Whoops, whoops, whoops. I just, I, I'm confused. The SMU-28's captain, chief engineer, navigator, helmsman, German officer, and a seaman all saw a giant crocodile-like creature shooting through the air and withering in the air among the ship's debris. It is estimated the creature was 30, 65 feet long, had four limbs with webbed feet, a pointy tail, and a pointed head. It was only airborne for a few seconds, so they weren't able to take pictures, and the sea creature was never seen again. So this ship blew up underwater. Yep. It sunk in a boiler blew. The, the British sunk them. Yep, they, yeah. they sunk them with a torpedo and went under the water. When the water hits the boiler, you know it. And a bunch of debris came up, including a 65-foot-long crocodile or alligator-like creature. creature. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Witnessed by several people in the military. And uh, you're not just like Joe Blows in the military. (laughs) You know, the captain, chief engineer, the navigator, the helmsman, the engineer officer. I mean, these are all reputable people. At first, I was thinking he might have been a pet alligator. Germans don't lie. Yeah, they don't like. What's that? At first, I was thinking a pet alligator on the sub, but that's a big ass alligator, sixty-five feet. Sixty-five feet. Yeah. It wasn't on the sub. The sub didn't blow up. It was the ship that they, they sank. Yeah, on the ship. I, I meant a pet on the ship, but they wouldn't be having a sixty-five foot alligator. That's a big no. ass alligator. Sixty-five so feet. Figure the ship. Figure the length of your house. Yep. And then measure it from there. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I don't think, uh, well, I know Cam Newton can't throw that far. No. Where did it sink again? Where was this torpedoing? Where did it happen? Uh, I did not say. It did not say in the, the article I'm reading. Uh, so is this, is this tropical trajectory. waters? Is it possibly a natural alligator? Or in the uh, north, you want to check that on your Wikipedia? Yet? You want to check that on your Wikipedia? Give me S-M-U-28. the U boat number again. U28. SMU28. It doesn't have it in this particular article. Okay. So, certainly it wasn't in the North Atlantic. They're not going to blow up an alligator in the North Atlantic. Hmm. Um, oh, here we go. Back to Wikipedia. Because we know Wikipedia is always right. Always right. Uh, SMU-28 was commissioned in the Imperial German Navy in June of 1914. Sank the British steamer Liberian. According to Commander von Forstner's account of the incident, the wreckage remained underwater for about 25 seconds until an explosion sent some of the debris flying up and it set along with debris, a creature described as, quote, gigantic aquatic animal resembling a crocodile was seen and quickly disappeared from sight. Uh, the U-28's final patrol began on August 19th, 1917, when it departed Edmund for the Arctic Ocean. Uh, no, see. 1915. Doesn't say where it was in 1915. So no, I, didn't even give it to you. No, didn't give me the location. Sank a crap load of ships, though. 
I've got a list of all the what they did. ships had sunk, yeah. The Germans were good at what they did. In fact, it wasn't until uh, they uh, started doing convoys and stuff that they did it. Because uh, then they, they went into the wolf packs and it made a, a mess of the shipping. And then, of course, when Sonar came out and some other stuff, it, it curtailed it a bit. But yeah. Hmm. Of course, the link in Wikipedia for giant aquatic creature took me to a monosaur. A what? Monosaur. Large, oh, extinct, monosaur. large oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. marine reptiles from the late Crustaceous. So that there you go. That's plausible, right? Some species we thought was extinct. Maybe there's one still around. You know what? I think that's the most believable case. For the unbelievable, what does it Sherlock Holmes say? When you've ruled out all that is what sensible or whatever it is. What's left what, is what true, is whether you like it or not. Yeah. Monosaurs exactly. breathed air with powerful swimmers and were well adapted to living in the warm, shallow inland seas prevalent during the late Crustaceous period. So again, we have to know where it is. But yeah, I know I can't find that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could they have mistaken? I mean. I don't know. Could they have mistaken a small whale or something? I could see a or a porpoise or an orca. Gotta, or wait a minute, like you gotta believe, you know, these guys uh well, you know how many ships they sunk. They've been in an ocean for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you didn't just become a, a, a seaman or a captain. You have been in, involved in a navy for even longer than that. I'm I'm sure you're aware of what's out there that you know of. You know, I'm not saying it couldn't be moved, but I, I would I would uh I agree, but I'm sure some alcohol was involved too. <laughs> no, I doubt it. No. The Germans. Not Russians. <laughs> Germans drink, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but not on duty. Are you kidding me? Their discipline was good. Don't don't knock it Especially down. If you're stuffed on a sub for so long. Yeah, I know it. I would I couldn't stand that. Could you? No. Could you be a submarina? No, I saw the. I've been on the submarine, the Albacore, the, Alba, the Albatross. Yeah, that was. Of course, that's a tiny sub too. That's yeah, a research but, sub, so it's small. But yeah. Anyways, but still, there's no way. Not for me. No, no you imagine me. all the air smells in there. Oh, no, I can't even imagine. And and you know that they they they're a bunch of like over the top pedals and stuff like that because the, the hammocks and stuff. And, and there's so many people in the sub that. The actual ships is why they have ships because there's only so many beds you can sleep in. So you're actually right. sleeping in somebody else's bed too. So, yeah. yep. No, not for me. I really Sorry. get the vibration. Anyway, <laughs> interesting stuff, huh? Yeah, I love this one. This is another one that I, I wasn't aware of. The Tom and Shud case. No, don't know it. T A M A M. Tom and Shud. So, on December 1st, 1948, a dead man's body was found on the beach in Australia. In his pockets were several uh, train tickets and bus tickets, a comb, a pack of juicy food gum. Oh, I used to love juicy food gum. <laughs> a cigarette pack and some matches. The labels had been removed from his clothes and he carried no ID. And his dental rats, records did not match any living person. The autopsy found that the spleen was very enlarged, the kidneys and stomach were congested, and there was excess blood in the uh, liver's vessels. 
While poisoning was the main conjecture, no foreign substance was found in his body. A little while later, a little piece of paper rolled up was found in the fob pocket uh, sewn into the man's pants. A fob is mm -hmm. the little change change pocket, right? right Just for yeah. those who didn't know. Do you know why it was called a fob pocket? Uh, no. Why? So the the watch, they used to put the, the watch in there. Yeah, but why do they call it a fob? Because the fob was in the pocket. It was being in the pocket. You pull your watch out, and it was attached to by a chain. Oh, okay. It's also called a, a, a watch pocket, too. Yeah. But, yeah. So uh, they found this paper sewn into the, the pocket. You have a pair of jeans now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sewn into sewn into the uh, pants. The piece of paper said Tom and shut, which means ended, finished. The phrase was found in the last page of, wow, the Rubianyet of Omar Kayayam. That is R-U-B-A-I-Y-A-T. That's of Omar, O-M-A-R, K-H-A-Y-Y-A-M. The police tracked down the copy of the book from which the paper was torn. Hmm. They called a telephone number, which was written on the back of the book, and got a Jessica Thompson, a nurse who claimed she didn't know the dead man and wanted to be left out of the investigation. I'll bet she did. <laughs> uh, probably. Who knows? There are many theories and a number of, uh, but no one has ever conclusively uh, thought, uh, solved who this guy was. What? Why Thomas Shaw was in there? There are a lot of cases like that where people show up that are totally um, nobody knows anything about. Well, look at uh, who was that guy uh, who was convicted of murder or something in the U.S. just recently? Something Rockefeller. Do you remember that? No. That's that no. was not too long ago. Yeah, no. it was in Boston too. The guy was uh, something Rockefeller, uh, but the there's nobody knows his identity. Uh, let's see. The phone yeah, number in the back of the book was revealed to belong to a woman named Jessica Thompson, who also went by the names Joe and Justin. She lived just hundreds of meters from where the Summerton man's body was found. But when she spoke with police in July of 49, she denied knowing him. Police took her to see the plaster bust of the man's head and shoulders in the hopes it would jog her memory. According to her reports, she behaved strangely when she saw it, but never revealed why. It's been suggested that her son, Robin, was the biological son of the unidentified man, with some pointing to shared physical char characteristics, including teeth and ears. Hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, but why go through all this case uh, thing of removing all the labels from his thing, but leaving other stuff in his... his uh, uh, pockets including that little message yeah the message and stuff like if you're going to get rid of a body just get rid of a body right yeah and Seems when like they found the book they actually found the book and that i mean i have no clue i mean it maybe he was tracking that woman for some reason and but i don't well maybe it's the sicilian know, I, I, in me maybe it's the ah, sicilian I like this, that. this looks like a message to me 
usually you don't want the body to be found. If you want the body to be found, it's because you're sending a message. And because it showed up next to this woman's house, I'm guessing the message was for her. Which is why That's she didn't want to which is why she didn't want to get too involved in the case because the message was shut the hell up. There you go. And that's the only reason you leave a body around, right? I agree. Yeah, it's a message, right? Yeah. So I'm guessing the woman knows something, but she's not talking because the message was stop talking or don't talk. I know. It's just so odd, though. Oh, I know. Like yeah, I said, great. when you when you remove uh, when you remove. Um, You know, all the stuff from his body, yet you leave other stuff in there. It's like. But we work on the assumption because we're so used to what television tells us. We work on the assumption all these murders and everything gets solved. But I'm guessing a lot of the majority of them don't. Right. You know, the, yeah. Most detectives don't have the kind of capability to deal with this kind of thing. So anyways, I did find a little bit more about this. Uh, the. Uh, during the interval, they're, they're talking with that woman, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she was uh, ev evases and even claimed uh, she was going to fate if she saw the bust of this, the man and yeah. denied knowing him. However, she did say she sold the book to a man named Alfred Boxall. Mm. Unfortunately, Alfred Boxall was still very much alive at the time and still had the copy of the book that Jessica had sold him. The code was never uh, was never the code that was never found ended up being even more unhelpful, uh, and yet has still been cracked. Hmm. Wow! So one one so uh, so they found the book, but they didn't actually find the book. They just found another book. We don't know if that was the book, right? Oh yeah, they did because they had the phone number out of it. That's weird. Yeah, it's it a just weird seems story. so odd. Well, obviously the woman's involved, first of all. Or and what do they say? Anyways, I wouldn't yeah. say involved. I would say know something. Yeah, know something. Yeah, but again, if if you were going to, if you just wanted to take it out on this guy, you would do it, and you would get rid of the body, so no one would find it. Yeah. But the reason you left the body around with all this evidence and stuff is because, again, you wanted to send a message. And I'm guessing the woman was the one who was supposed to receive the message because it showed up so close to her house. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Uh, I don't know. And there, there are other strange cases like that. I mean, you know, there are a lot of cases that we that remain unsolved. I mean, you, and Kurt, I mean, you look at Lizzie Borden, which is pretty famous. Now, the, she stood trial and it was found on innocent. Some say she did it, some say, but we'll never know because we won't. <laughs> we weren't yeah. there. We don't have enough. Yeah. I mean, look at John Bennett Ramsey. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's an odd time and that's never been uh, solved. I mean, there are like a million theories, but that's all they are is theories. And what really kills me in, in any of these things that people come up with a theories 
And that's it. This is the solution to it. In other words, they're not even open to other solutions. I've solved it. This is it. Well, it doesn't always work that way. You know, you have a theory, but it may not be the, the right thing. That It may be a theory of how it happened, but it may not be how it happened. Right. Which brings us to I mean, one of the most if, celebrated issues of this case. How do you, where do you stand? Because we haven't had this discussion before. Where do you stand on the Kennedy assassination? I don't. I don't give a shit. You don't care? <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, what the business make? Well, I don't know. It's one of the most impactful incidents in American history. And part of the part of the problem with this nation right now, I think, and you grew up in that, this time. I grew up, I was young, but I grew up yeah. in this time. But this is one of the open wounds of American society, not knowing for certain what happened here. Or a lot of people think. Oh, I don't know if it's an op that open wound. I mean, most people live nowadays haven't even heard of it, especially the, the, the anyone in the last ten years for sure. About twenty. Fair years. enough. But the American people's relation with the government changed with the Kennedy assassination, largely because a lot of people at oh, the time. Oh, I, didn't... I, I disagree. Oh, really? Because I think. I, again, I was young, so I don't know. But it seemed to me like up until that point, the government was thought of as parents and, you know, protectors and everyone loved the government. And then all of a sudden we don't trust the government anymore. It happened somewhere along the line, but I don't think it was that. I, anyway, I mean, I was born at that time and I, that was it. I mean, I saw Ruby get killed. I saw, uh, you know, I, I I took that all in. That's fine with me. I believe it. So yeah. that's it. I moved on. I mean... Yes, the government lies. We know that. <laughs> Do yeah. we ever? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's that information in general, not that particular case, because we don't really know what happened in that case. We really don't. Yep. Do you? Do I know? No. Yeah. I I don't I don't dig into it too much, and I think some of the theories are overblown. I I'm I'm leaning towards. So you Oswald. don't know what happened to it. I right. don't know what happened. No. Yeah. So but I'm not. But the have, Warren report doesn't convince me. The Warren, the government's official report. Okay. Because I tend to side with it, by the way. I tend to think Oswald acted alone, but I still don't, I don't, I don't trust it. I, I don't know, but I think there are more cases that are more compelling than that. Uh, why we don't trust the government. I mean, we, we know about the, the uh, syphilis cases of the black people in, in Alabama, servicemen. We know about the the other cases in Vermont that would happen to the Indians. We know about, uh, uh, you know, well, there's tons of conspiracies out there. We, we know about uh, UFOs, at least that the government was studying them. So in, in holding back information, we, we know that the government holds back information because we're a far more intelligent society than we were in a debt. But unfortunately, that has also worked against us because anything that happens now is a government conspiracy. You know, 9-11 yeah. was a government conspiracy. You know, yeah. anything you want to talk about, there's a conspiracy, a government conspiracy involved in it. And that's yeah. where we've gone overboard. Uh, there we're, are... back to, we're back to we didn't start the fire. We're back to that song again. But, yeah, well, yeah, really. But the, that, see, there's a, um, and again, I'm thinking, I, I won't put this on Kennedy, but there was a point in time where we understood as people that the government kept secret from us because they had to uh, for our own security, but we trusted that it was for our, our own good. We don't trust that anymore. 
you know, too many secrets have been kept from us. Too many lies have been told to us, you know. So in general, we're skeptical people, hopefully. Yeah, I, it's you, you should uh, you should question things. But I, like I said, I think in a lot of cases we've gone totally opposite the other way. I think yeah. we've everything that is a conspiracy, you know, those the, uh, conspiracies are. And that's why we have flat earthers. Yeah, <laughs> be yeah. honest with you. Seriously, no, <laughs> I agree. We don't trust anything anymore. We don't trust. I agree. I, I we think, don't trust. Yeah, and I think the Kennedy assassination is a big part of that mindset. I think that that's the mother of well, all conspiracies. You, you can. Theories. I don't particularly believe it, but it didn't affect yeah. me in any any way. And that, of course, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, anyways. Yeah. Um, I want to see the proof. That's the way I am. You know, I if something happens, like like the the cases of the syphilis and the black people and. In the South, we know that happened. We have proof that it happened, and, and therefore I I understand that, and and I believe that's truth. But yeah, uh, you you have to have proof that you know this this stuff is is going on. I mean, just throwing theories out there and throwing some some facts in regards to the theories, and that and that's what they do is they t they choose and pick their facts and, oh, sure. and say, yeah. well, we take this and that. I mean, you look at the flat earthers once again. Uh, there you go. Flat earthers, the aliens, the Illuminati. Oh, you know, we can go over yeah. a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, but then again, you know, it, I'm not consumed by it. You know, some people are absolutely consumed by all these government theories and I mean, government conspiracies and, right. and UFOs and, and ghosts and, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, Bigfoot and, and sea serpents. I'm <laughs> interested in them. I want to learn about them and I want to find facts about them. I just don't want like, you know, throwing a bunch of junk up there and say, okay, this is the way it is. I mean, you look at uh, who's the guy that, uh, that, uh, Oh, always does the alien stuff. He looks like one of the hot comments oh, yeah. from Dune. Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember. Guy with the hair. Yeah. He showed, yeah, the guy with the hair. Yeah. yeah. Every guy, but, a, I mean, every guy a program ever produced, this guy shows up. <laughs> yeah. And everything in our history is proof that aliens exist, which is not absolutely true. You know, I mean, if we see a drawing and 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 it looks like the the uh the guy in the cave has a, a helmet on, right, or or yeah. something like that. Automatically, it's an alien. Uh, right. You know, nobody can have imagination. Evidently, you know, they can't make like. I mean, because everything we draw and every and write is absolutely the truth on since our entire history hasn't it been, right? I, I mean, remember we don't, we don't have fantasy. We don't have fantasy at all. It doesn't exist in our world. It's all truth. Yeah. I've mentioned this before. But, I was watching one of those Gaia programs and it was about ancient Egypt. And of course the aliens get involved. And the guy legitimately mm -hmm. said, he said right on the show, he goes, we don't know that the Egyptians didn't have electricity. I, was, I think we're pretty sure the Egyptians didn't have electricity. <laughs> it's like, you can take any, any set of circumstances or any piece of evidence and uh, with your confirmation bias, make it fit any negative, any, any narrative you want it to fit. And the problem with it too, is they usually take, like one or two incidents. Yeah. I mean, the Egyptians are around for thousands of years, and you pick these particular two little incidents as their proof that the aliens existed. 
And yep. the other thing is they just don't give man credit. Uh, we are intelligent. We're extremely intelligent. We're imaginative. We, and, uh, you know, we just can think for ourselves. We don't need somebody from another alien world to, uh, to do it. Well, that's from a, that's from a, uh, current context because people look at us playing video games and on our phones all the time where we have things to occupy us you go back to egypt for example what did they have to occupy themselves except need all they had was need so they kept working on these needs and trying to do things better so there was a lot of innovation and we don't give them enough credit for a lot of the things that they had and they were able to do on their own astronomy uh, that's something we don't give the ancients enough credit for but you know what do they have to do at night just sit there and look at the stars and figure them out when you when you think about it, they navigated the the seas yeah. through astronomy. Yep. Right. Yeah. And that's thinkers. That's what that was. It's you know people who think. And yeah, that was people thinkers. who. That was people who didn't have sitcoms to binge and didn't have phones to look at twenty four seven. They were out trying mm. to figure out ways to help themselves be better. Or they can go on the internet and come up with weird conspiracies. Yep. I mean, it's it's amazing at the, the the strange things that happen in this world, and there there are so many uh, that remain unsolved and stuff. I mean, we have DB Cooper. We don't even know who the hell DB Cooper was, do we? No, we don't. That's a good one, DB Cooper. Yeah, you like that one? I do. I like it. I like the DB Cooper story. Do you have any theories on that? I. I don't, it's it just, you know, I'm an Occam's razor guy. The simplest explanation is probably the one that's true. He, uh-huh. he, you know, pulled it off, jumped out of the plane, landed in the forest, probably broke his leg and died there somewhere. Or, you know, yeah. or didn't break his leg and die immediately, but got out of there and just was able to take away some of the evidence from the landing site and things like that. And probably didn't make it out of the forest, probably get eaten by a bear. Who knows? A Bigfoot. Or Bigfoot, right? Exactly. Or, or, or adopted by aliens. Yeah. See, oh, that's, why we don't see, that's why we oh, don't see Bigfoot, because he got all that money, and now he's living in the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I look at this, this uh, the different feeds, and, and, and there's so many. There's, there's guys that are, are totally... Uh, well-known people that just totally disappear or strange circumstances that happen. I mean, we have simple explanations for it, but we have people every day in our lives that, uh, that they check in to a ho- hotel and they disappear. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes they're, we, we, they're solved there afterwards. Like for instance, the, the person that ran the hotel and was killing all their people. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's just weird. It's, I mean, Amelia Earhart is another one. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Occam's razor. She went down somewhere. We never found it. Probably in the middle. We still haven't found the airliner that went down. What was the Malaysian air that went down? Yeah. The one that went in the, uh, yeah. We have no idea where that, so where that plane is. And by the way, that's a, that's a modern device with, all kinds of tracking information and things like that. We've got radar. We've got all kinds of things going on. Still, it managed to we find a way. Google to Earth. We got Google Earth, but it managed to find a way to disappear from us completely without, without, with a mystery that has yet to be solved. 
I know it. So cool. Sir. So I got a good one for you. Yes. You ever hear of the toxic lady? No. Okay. That's not too long ago. In February 1994, Gloria Ramez Ramez was admitted to a California emergency room while suffering from aggressive cervical cancer. When mm. she entered the hospital at 815, she was described as being extremely confused and having an oily sheen covering her body. Within okay. minutes of treating her, the medical staff began feeling ill, fainting. Uh, Ramez was pronounced dead 45 minutes of uh, CP after 45 minutes of CPR and defibrillation. 23 people became ill. Five were hospitalized. One hmm. medical resident spent two weeks in the intensive care unit. The county department uh, believed that the this is their this is okay this is the theory. The county health department believed that the hospital workers suffered from mass hysteria. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was their thing. Of course, they don't have to pay uh, anything out on that if they yeah mass hysteria. Right? It's your fault, not ours. So they were able. So, to, so this mass hysteria, one? this mass hysteria manifested all these similar symptoms with each other. Yeah, including the guy who was uh, two weeks in the intensive care unit. You think it's impossible, though? Yes, you can. Think I, it's can I can. I can. I can see mass hysteria, right, for a, a single event that it happens, uh, because right. we know that it, it can happen, like, for instance, well, not mass hysteria, but, you know, Van Munchen's disease and, and Van Munchen by proxy. And uh, so we can, but the, the guy that was in, I think, once you lose consciousness, are you really still aware that you're in this mass hysteria? Good point. Good boy. So if, if your illness is psychosomatic, once you lose consciousness, can you maintain the can you man maintain the symptoms? Right. Exactly. Maybe you can. I don't know that. I can't prove it one way or the other. I'm not. You know, that's not my forte. But yeah. Oh, wow. We're almost out of time. huh? Yeah. Just looking it's, an, it's an interesting theory, because it, on the one hand, once you create the syndrome and it progresses, maybe it could progress on its own. I mean, I could I could like you, I could see mass hysteria. I could see someone. I don't know. But so did they ever come up with any, any kind of idea on what it was that? Yeah, mass hysteria. Yeah. <laughs> so they couldn't find a toxin or anything like that. Just this oily now, sheen we, on we, this woman. We know because you look at uh, the crime scenes now, if there's any fentanyl or anything else or, or anything coming with hazmat crews, because, and, and some of them have to be treated because we know it. Uh, communicate. So yeah, maybe it was something. I mean, the oily substance or early oil sheen on the body is interesting. And she was confused. So that's an interesting. Then again, she could have been abducted by aliens. <laughs> well, she's in a late stage illness. She was confused. She has yes. an oily sheen. Uh, some kind of psychotic drug might be might be reasonable. Maybe she was using it as a painkiller, something she got on the street or something like that. Entirely three people, yeah, two intensive care. Plus, not I don't found know, them, okay, yeah, but I don't know of a drug, not that, say, not that wouldn't, but not that found, yeah, okay. But you, so have if you, you you're exposed to it, you, it would be in the system, I would assume, yeah, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know of a drug that could be transferred, um, that way. In other words, you'd have to take most of these, um drugs to have that no, kind of can, effect 
you you can breathe breathe it in, right? That's taking yeah. it in. If you breathe, you it, say people, you know that people snort cocaine. Yeah, people that do fentanyl crime scenes with some sort of protection against environmental. Oh yeah, they do. I think it's fentanyl. I, I believe it's one of the one of the drugs. It's a big deal. Uh, even police officers, if they arrest the guy and the guy's got like on him or something, they have to be treated and stuff. Oh, so it, it's it's accurate, really. I guess we got to go anyway. We've wrapped it up. I heard the cuckoo <laughs> blasting in the background. So uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope we gave you something to thought of, think about today, right? Yeah, I like the Yellow Fleet story. That was interesting. That was interesting. Dig, I think they're all kind of cool that. in a way because. You know, we, we take our world so much for granted that there are so many mysteries out there that we don't have to look for government conspiracies. This, this is plain old mysteries out there to solve. So put That's your true. brain cells to that. Yeah. So we want to thank everybody for listening and please take care, take care uh, you know, protect yourself and uh, we'll see you next week. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.